It had been a long, warm September day. The light transformed Oslo Fjord into molten silver, and made the low mountain ridges, which already bore the first tinges of autumn, glow. It was one of those days that make Oslo natives swear they will never, ever move. The sun was sinking behind Ullern Ridge, and the last rays swept across the countryside, across the squat, sober blocks of flats, a testimony to Oslo's modest origins, across lavish penthouses with terraces that spoke of the oil adventure that had made the country one of the richest in the world, across the junkies at the top of Stensparken, and into the well-organized little town where there were more overdoses than in European cities eight times larger, across gardens where trampolines were surrounded by netting, and no more than three children jumped at a time, as recommended by national guidelines, and across the ridges and the forest circling half of what is known as the Oslo Cauldron. The sun did not want to relinquish the town. It stretched out its fingers like a prolonged farewell through a train window. The day had begun with cold, clear air and sharp beams of light, like lamps in an operating theatre. Later the temperature had risen, the sky had gone a deeper blue, and the air possessed that pleasant physical feel which made September the most wonderful month in the year. And as dusk came, tentative and gentle, the air in the residential quarter on the hills towards Lake Maridal smelt of apples and warm spruce trees. Erlend Venesla was approaching the top of the final hill. He could feel the lactic acid now, but concentrated on getting the correct vertical thrust on the click-in pedals, with his knees pointing slightly inwards because it was important to have the right technique, especially when you were tired, and your brain was telling you to change position so that the onus was on less tired, though less effective, muscles. He could feel how the rigid cycle frame absorbed and used every watt he pedaled into it, how he accelerated when he switched down a gear and stood up, trying to keep the same rhythm, about ninety revolutions a minute. He checked his heart rate monitor, one hundred and sixty-eight, he pointed his headlamp at the sat-nav he had attached to the handlebars. It had a detailed map of Oslo and its surrounds. The bike and the accessories had cost him more than, strictly speaking, a recently retired detective should spend. But it was important to stay in shape, now that life offered different challenges. Fewer challenges, if he was honest. The lactic acid was burning in his thighs and calves now painful, but also a wonderful promise of what was to come. An endorphin fest. Tender muscles. Good conscience. A beer with his wife on their balcony if the temperature didn't plummet after sunset. And suddenly he was up. The road leveled out, and Lake Maridal was in front of him. He slowed down. He was out of the town. It was absurd, in fact, that after fifteen minutes hard cycling from the centre of a European capital city, you were surrounded by farms, fields, and dense forest, with paths disappearing into the dusk. The sweat was making his scalp itch beneath the charcoal-grey bell helmet, which alone had cost the same as the bike he had bought as a sixth birthday present for his granddaughter, Lena Marie. But he kept the helmet on. Most deaths among cyclists were caused by head injuries. He looked at his monitor, 175, 172. A welcome little gust of wind carried the sound of distant cheering up from the town. It must have been from Ullevold Stadium. There was an important international match this evening. Slovakia, or Slovenia. Erland Venesla imagined for a few seconds that they had been applauding for him. It was a while since anyone had done that, 
The last time would have been the farewell ceremony at Kripos, up at Brin. Layer cake, speech by the boss, Mikhail Bellman, who since then had continued his steady rise to take the top police job. And Erlent had received the applause, met their eyes, thanked them, and even felt his throat constrict as he was about to deliver his simple, brief speech. Simple, sticking to the facts, as was now the tradition at Kripos. He'd had his ups and downs as a detective, but he had avoided major blunders, at least as far as he knew.